listening to Make It, a podcast by Banzai Creative that helps creatives in film get where they're going faster by sharing the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives across the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley, and with me today is my good friend and Make It podcast co-host, Nicholas Bugs. Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast, and this is an Indie Talk Week, and that means I have my good friend and co-founder with me, Nicholas Bugs. Nick, say hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> there what it is, is exactly. What are you? What are you drinking tonight? Oh man, I'm on some Patron tonight. For all our podcast people, I'm gonna show you the glass. You know, that's a lot. <laughs> there it is. That's there a lot. It is. You're it gonna is be stirring by the end of this. Well, that's the point. Uh, but there is a little, <laughs> there is a little bit of ginger ale in there. You know, I put like oh, two okay. ice cubes, a little bit of ginger ale, and I got that 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 coconut in there. Actually, coconut and, and it's good. I got it, actually. It's, it's not the Patron. It's the um, uh, what is it? What's the other main uh, tequila that we always get? Come on, Casa Azul. There you go. Casa Azul. Nope, it's Cuervo. Cuervo. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some Don Julio 1942. Yeah, I got that. I got that. That's the, the tall, the tall glass. Yeah, the tall bottle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what does it what does it mean? What does it mean, Nick, if if every gift you get from someone is liquor? Is it <laughs> what, what does that say about me? By the way, I'm drinking Weller Special Reserve, the entry-level Weller. I do have some full-bodied Weller in there, but nice. uh, I decided to uh, stay on my feet. As You're right. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get bodied yeah, by the Weller. Get, I don't want to get full-bodied. <laughs> You're right, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I just I wonder what that means. Like, what, No one ever brings me like, uh, you know, chocolate or a cinnamon Dude. babka or... Dude. I'll tell you. Or a gift because card. Be, be, I'll tell you I why. get I get five bottles why. of liquor. I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. It's because those same people hope to be invited over to an <laughs> event at which they can also enjoy the thing that they bought you. Well, they'll have to keep waiting. <laughs> I mean, I was like, no, no, it's not going to happen. We're not. We're not going to allow that. No, we. It's it's not true. I have more parties than anybody I know. Uh, yes. I had 40 or 50 people here yesterday. Uh, they did not, you know, when you start like closing the blinds and you start like cleaning in front of them. <laughs> right. No, no, no. And like we, so we had this whole strategy. We'll start to pull out the vacuum and like mm. load the dishwasher. It's like a, it's like a subtle hint. Hey, subtle. Eh, does it work? Might be, does it work? might be time to hit the, Dusty trails. Does it work? Gather your things. <laughs> does it work? Uh, it does for some. <laughs> and, and for others, it, it does not. It, it no, I was going to say it's too subtle, bro. If it doesn't work, it's too subtle. Like, you need to be a little bit more upfront, you know? Just yeah. like you need a gong. You know, just walk. <laughs> 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 that would be great. I mean, it would be. Gong. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. That, That's yeah. Right. What's your what's your policy on on leaving with the thing you brought? So if you come to a party uh, and let's say you bring a bottle of wine and no one opens it, do you are you the guy that grabs the wine and leaves with it, or is that I'm the, the, I'm the guy it? I'm the guy that grabs the wine and leaves it with it and takes three other bottles with me? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, man, you got to leave it because you bought it for that. Like you bought it yeah. for the event. It's like a th- it's not it's like me. It's like a thank you almost. It's like if it doesn't get opened, it's okay because I bought it for you. Like it's if it gets shared, it gets shared. But I bought it for you. It's not mine. No, you. I don't take that. That's not a thing that I do. I've heard that it's conditional based on your level of intimacy with the host. So first time you are invited over, you have to leave whatever you brought. If you brought your coat, you have to leave it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's yours now, Chris. Right. Sorry. Yeah. But, no. but if you but if you invited me over, 
then and I brought, let's say, a bread, I'd take the bread. <laughs> if you didn't eat the bread, I'd take the bread back. Or, or maybe I brought like a very expensive bottle of bourbon Not, and, and, and it didn't get cracked open. Or it did, but it didn't get finished. Take, I might take that with me if it's you. Yeah, I think it's I think there's here, here's the here's the thing. I mean, I know we want to get off this topic and get into the goodness that we've got prepared for our, Not our friends and, goodness, but, and yeah. family out there. Yeah, I know. But this is a tasty slice of cake. Yeah, yeah there, there's there's also a, there's a trick that you could use that I've seen okay. used. I'm okay. not going to say that I've used it. Uh, but let's say you you bring this thing over with you. Don't say you've used it. Before. Exactly. Yeah. Just make just make sure that you bring this thing over mm-hmm. in a bag, okay? Yeah. Because the bag that you bring over belongs to you. You will not intend to give the host the bag. Yeah. So if you leave it in the bag, right? There's wow. no opportunity for it to be open. So say a bottle of wine, and you walk in and you realize that there's plenty of bottles of wine, mm-hmm. you know, about, and yours is just one that would be in the mix. Mm-hmm. Just don't bring it out. And if you then, never, if you never brought it out, it never came. It's very it's, existential. It's a tree that falls <laughs> in the forest, and no one is exactly. there to hear it fall. Exactly. And then you can take home the bottle of wine because it never revealed itself. It as never being happened. There. Exactly. <laughs> How can I take a bottle of wine that never arrived? Never was there. Exactly. So if you leave the bottle inside of the bag Mm. or said cooler or whatever it is that you own, right? That's the other trick right there. Yeah. You have a cooler. If you bring the cooler, no one expects you to leave the cooler. Yeah. Or like a cooked dish. If you bring like macaroni and cheese or buffalo dip. Right. If no you make it in your you, own, like, if you make it in your own dish, you have to take your dish home. Exactly. So if you bring a cooler, yeah, no one expects you to empty the contents of said cooler mm-hmm. at the host house. So mm-hmm. if you have the desire to take it, what it is that you brought, <laughs> then make sure you have a cooler in which it sits, or a dish, or a bag that belongs to you, yes. such that you can take it with you when you leave. Yes. Yes. And you know as I like to entertain. I like to host people. I've noticed, you know, people do it. And I just thought I'd ask. I'm fascinated by the minutia of social interaction. Like, right, I don't think right. on first visit to someone's house, you can go number two. I just, that's a thing. No, oh, we're not hey, hey, hey. going to hey. go down that line. I'm just saying. Just saying if you have to, though, you can't, like, you can't well up inside. I would rather you shit your pants than... You see, that's horrible. That's horrible. That's just an unfortunate situation. You're putting someone else in. That's not right. Not right at all. If you're the kind of guy that needs to go on the first visit to someone's house, I recommend diapers. So, <laughs> at least at your house, right? At my, at my house. No, it's it's fine. I'm not going to judge you a lot. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if you have to, if you have to go on the on the. On, They'll call them out. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's been good. a long listen. We're catching up because it's been such a long time since yeah. we've got to do an indie talk. True. It feels True. We, we skipped a week. Yeah. Uh, had to do it. It's intentional. We got some extra interviews out that I think had been sort of in the bottleneck that I thought were, were timely and we needed to get them out because the That's content right. was was fresh. But we're, we're back together. And of course, the time we take off. Everything happens in the movie industry. (laughs) It's right. It's right. You got it. Like strategically, of course, right on the dime, like all this stuff happens. So AT&T divests Warner and HBO Max. And that was like that was huge to me because we spent all the the pandemic year talking about how they're going to do it. And and are they going to succeed in this new model where they're going to do day and date with their films? And now it's like, well, that's up in the air. They might have planned on having XYZ film release, like, you know, on HBO Max and in the theaters. And Discovery, who who will take over Warner, they might decide, no, we're not doing that anymore. And that could be driving the thing that's driving AMC stock up outside of the 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 Reddit groups, the Wall Street Bets folks who um, are hungry for a a round two. Um, But it could be genuine excitement for going back to the movies. Um, my experience going out and, and you can tell me how it's been for you, yeah. um, Nick, but for me, 
going out of the house, going places, people are excited to be out of the house. They're not going back in anytime soon. They're happy to have their masks off. Um, they're, 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 you know, congregating, they're hanging out, they're spending money, uh, all that stimulus money going right mm-hmm. back, cashing yep. it out. So to me, I think there is a lot of excitement because it's all good to sit in the house and say, you know what? Um, I'm an introvert anyway, so I'm good. Or, uh, this is actually better. Or I, I like uh, the Zoom. It's all working out. And then you get out into the world and you realize how much you really missed interactions with other human beings yeah. and how much you missed traveling and how much you missed the little simple things in life, like going to see a movie in an IMAX theater and just getting your face blown off by the sound and all that stuff. So, Or the sound of everyone else enjoying the same experience with you, right? Because we, we talked yes. about this before. It's like these films in theaters, it's not a film. It's an experience. Yeah. It's a whole point of going. So yeah, I'm with you. I think people are dying to get out there and, you know, just kind of piggybacking up what you said. You know, we went out the other night and, you know, we, we were just, my son wanted to get out the house. He just said like, yeah. let's just get out. And we're like, yeah where are we going to go, bro? Like, like, yeah. what do you mean out? What is, what does out mean anymore? You know, let's just get out. We're like, okay, let's go out. Let's see if we can find you a new Lego to buy. And then we were out and he was like, let's go, you know, to eat dinner somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're like eat dinner somewhere. Hey, what are we talking about, man? I mean, <laughs> you know, like that's not, you don't do that. Like, that's not a thing that people are doing. Yeah. Yeah. And we decided to go and, you know, we, we, there's this restaurant that we wanted to go to and, you know, we kind of did the quick drive by, right? Like what's going on, how many people are in there or whatever. Yeah. And we drove by, we parked and we went there and we're like, there's like a lot of people. See? Yep. A lot of people. And you don't eat with a mask on. No. Right. Every, so everyone in this we packed restaurant. We still haven't figured that one out. Yep. Right. Everyone in the packed restaurant, no mask. Right. And where I'm at, there's no restrictions anymore. Right. There's no restrictions on the number of people. Quick tangent. Quick aside. Are you at all surprised as a creative innovator that you are a creative and innovative guy like you are that no one invented this? The the mouth open mask. So you wear the Uh, mask. It's right here. And then when you're and there's a mouthpiece that goes in the upper part of your lip and the lower part of your lip, like a retainer that goes outward. And then. It kind of can seal shut like a Ziploc baggie right here. And then when it's time to eat, when it's time to eat, you just. Bro, that, that, that's, over, that's overly complicated. All you need is a flap. Or you can have a doggy door. That's going to get, that's gonna get messy. Just flap that's going to get messy. Just flap it out. Can you, ma- You're right, can you, imagine, can you imagine eating a burger? Soup? Yeah, or eating a burger, burger with a flap. <laughs> <laughs> Does it come in different sizes? Right. Burger <laughs> if, you, if you only eat Takis, right. there's a flap for that. You know, it's, you, it's a whole... the, the burger flap is seven inches wide. <laughs> exactly. You need somebody else to hold it. <laughs> hey, can you hold this out of my flap? I need to take a bite. <laughs> but yeah, people are out. You know, people are out. The only people who were wearing masks were the people who worked there, yeah. you know, and it was just, and everyone was cool with it. So I think, yeah, it's, it's weird. I think this is where you're, like you said, that AMC stock, it's like, wow, we lifted the restrictions. And next thing you know, people are out. People are enjoying it. They're not scared of one another. They want this. They've been waiting for this. And it's a combination. I think it's some people who are, you know, the, they're vaccinated and, you know, like, hey, look, I'm good. This is why I got vaccinated. And then you have that, I think, that younger set of the population is is that target film population that are like, look, I might get it, but I'm young, I'm healthy. I'll be okay. Yep. Right. And, and people are out. Yeah, I think so too. And I just think that the context of what's happening in the country really dictates people's optimism around that stuff. Anyway, you know, when you had the orange one in office, uh, Mr. Mr. Trump there in office, I think that he was such a um, he was such a bombastic character and such a sort of cult of personality leader that um, when he would say things, 
uh, oftentimes half of the population wouldn't take it at face value, right? Like, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. well, I, I'm going to push that to the side and, and not trust it as a as a fact. Just whereas you had, right? Whereas you had right. someone measured like Obama, you you felt good about believing the things that he was saying. And I think you have Biden that that has a similar type of different demeanor than Obama for sure. Um, you know, he's more folksy to me, but but also he, the point is, is he engenders a lot more confidence. And so if Biden says, well, you know, uh, people who are vaccinated don't shed the virus and he repeats that, then we believe that. Where if Trump says it, maybe the media attacks him justly or unjustly. Maybe he says it in a way that's really bombastic and, and has, you know, Trump is like a master of puffery. Right. He like over enunciates everything, over hypes everything he's saying. So you start to get the sense of like it, it's like reading a sign that says the world's most famous cheeseburger. And you're like two burger references, by the way, so far. I don't know why. But um, <laughs> and you're like, well, yeah, how can bro. you prove that? Well, you can't prove that. And that's the nature of puffery. That's a marketing. Right. Thing, right. So that, I think that's been a been a big part of it, too, is like. People are finally looking at the math of this thing. Okay, wait a second. This this is the 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 active rate according to the CDC active infection rate in my area, and there's this many people that live here. That means I have like a sub one percent chance of running into someone that even is actively infected. Right. Like, ooh, wait yeah. a second. Whereas with with our previous administration, we didn't have that faith. We're like, well, we yeah, don't know that, what the truth yeah. is. And, and the timing is different as yeah, well. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a part of it. So I'm glad to see it. And, and then the other thing that happened, by the way, so we have AT&T yeah. divesting Warner. We have uh, obviously Warner with HBO Max and Discovery. Discovery is, is a behemoth and it's very well um, led. Uh, you know, they have, uh, they do a lot of stuff down in Knoxville. A lot of uh, what what Keith uh, McDaniels, the director of uh, Knoxville Film Festival, calls yep. reality porn. They do yeah, a lot yeah. of reality <laughs> porn down there with the Discovery Channel. So they're going to run that. And then the other big news is Amazon buying MGM. And the main point of that is that that Bond franchise that's earned over $20 billion and seeing what they're going to do with that. And, and that made me start to think about one of our uh, talking points, which is, the coming fifth wave of entertainment. And just yep. to let new listeners and, and even listeners that have been with us since day one remind them of the waves, wave one was disruption, where film sort of took over and became a thing, moving pictures, moving Charlie pictures, Chaplin, yeah. et cetera. Um, phase two was, was media mainstream dominance, where people were going to the movies three or four times a week. Phase three was home video, where VHS and that whole idea of renting a movie sort of dominated yeah. entertainment, gave a new revenue stream. Before movies just had one way to make money, then now they had the, the release plus the home video. And then the fourth wave, we're in it right now. It's the streaming wave uh, driven by Netflix. Netflix completely disrupted it because the video stores no longer exist. That's right. right? That's why That's you crazy, know it's right? a wave. And the fifth wave is, is, is going to be where every single person has their own distribution point. So this sort of self-monitored, self-controlled distribution point. And these, these tech companies and, um, you know, so you look at Amazon, you look at Bezos buying MGM, you look at the way tech is deeper and deeper in media every day. These buys make me realize, you know, tech is just going to eat media because they have the influence and the power right now and the money to do it. That might shift, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it would have been the telephone industry or telephony, right? Mm -hmm. Like it would have been those guys, it would have been, or electronics makers like Sony, when Sony bought Columbia in the, in the eighties, I think it was Columbia they bought. Um, so these things do have ebbs and flows, but the question is, is this going to be sort of the final state of media? Right. Is 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 there some something else that's going to happen beyond being able to stream or is the next thing just going to be it streams faster? Right. So it's, it's hard to say, but I think either way, you're going to get to the point where. Each individual will be able to and there will be applications to help you will be able to monetize their content. We talk about Nick and we've said on many occasions there's more video uploaded to YouTube per day yeah. 
than any one individual can watch in their entire lifetime. Right. The caveat to that is that YouTube as a service is fueled by a small, a relatively small handful of A-plus creators. That content, Nick, that gets uploaded that we're never going to be able to watch, it's, it's, it's drivel. It's for the most part, it's, 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 it's fodder. It's, you know, so there are people like Mr. Beast who have 50 million plus subscribers. He's going to wake up one day and be like, hold on now. I'm really the guy that drives traffic to this site. And everybody that comes here to watch my content watches Mm -hmm. 15 more videos, not by me. Right. Thanks to me. But brought, but brought by me. Yep. And there, you know, and there are all these people that have, you know, these people that have 10 million plus subscribers mm-hmm. and it's just a, a relative small handful globally. They really are the ones that own and run YouTube. And if they decided to go and say, get with uh, a few other developers and make their own channel, you can already get your own tile on Apple TV. Just run so, with Roku. Yeah. Yeah, just go or, or, but you know, then they have some other daddy, right? Like they don't want another daddy. Yeah, I hear you, but that's but if you want because to, because right now you can monetize and go to Patreon if you want, but that's just right, another yep. daddy. Yeah. So eventually, they're going to be able to. The technology will be there to allow them to build their own infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'll it'll be like Substack is right now, or, or maybe uh, it'll maybe it'll feel like Medium. I don't know. Like I don't I don't know what the fifth wave is really going to look like, Nick, but I know it's coming. Because there are a million kids right now all learning top-level photography and videography as we speak from their phone. Right. And they'll have something to say and they'll just monetize it themselves. Yeah. And I think that's that's true. And, you know, what's interesting also about the fifth wave, because this is something that we are kind of envisioning for the future. And I think it is, you know, that future. That's why we've, we've mentioned it, you know, so many times. Uh, but there's also other parts of that wave that, you know, might be introduced. And maybe what we're talking about is a sixth wave. Who knows? Right. Yeah, yeah. Because like one of the things that, you know, we've seen huge lately is this whole idea of the NFT. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, it's this, this thing. It's like, and, what and is even, this? And even NFT, not to, not to jump in, Yeah. but even NFT, if you think about it right now, it is driven by two people, people, <laughs> Maybe right. three people: Beeper, <laughs> Kevin Rose, and Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, but those three people are driving the the sales market. I should say, mm-hmm. not the actual technology. I don't want people right. to get me wrong. That it's going to be around. It's because Ethereum 2.0 is going to just disrupt the world. But anyway, those three people, and if those three people say, you know what, I think NFTs are bullshit, and they walk away, the whole thing will dry up. Yeah, it could. Right, or and, for, and for the short term. Right. And it could. But that's the thing is that it's showing you how content of all sorts of different types can now be monetized. Yes. Yes. Right. And that it, it's new. Right. It's it's a wave. It might be a ripple. Right. Who knows? Because the wave is the thing that comes and stays and kind of, you know, it takes you away from what was. Right. But it might be a ripple. It could be a wave. Who knows? But it's like this idea that this content can be created of a different type. It sells differently. It sells for a lot of money, depending on what it is. But Mm -hmm. it's like that content can be monetized. You know, like you've got this, you know, again, you're a filmmaker. You've got behind the scenes, you know, your BTS footage. Next thing you know, that gets turned into an animated GIF, right? And that animated GIF becomes an NFT. And the NFT sells... For more than your film cost, you or know, at least you like, can get royalties on it, where where it's consistent money the way a a, a film check comes in quarterly. So, uh, and and I, I don't know why this came to mind, but you talked about how much they sell for. Yes, mm-hmm. they can sell for a crazy amount of money, but I think there's a a part of the population that's turned off from NFT because they look at the artwork, don't find value in it, or don't find the value in it commensurate to the price it was sold for. Well, there you go. That's the game. But go right. Ahead. Yeah. But it's, it's too bad because if you actually go to open seas and, and look at the art, incredible artwork and you can get it for less than you can get regular artwork for. 
Um, I was on Open Seas, uh, I think a week ago, looking at art. Saw some things I would love to put on my wall and still might do. Um, because I, well, the thing I'm trying to figure out is the digital framing, right? right. Like, like yeah. the, the art I got, right? But the frame itself might cost three grand or four grand or right. five grand yeah. if you really want it to look like a painting. But it's the art itself is a thousand bucks, five fifty. Right. Some of it's 300, some of it's 800, like regular art prices, yeah, yeah. lower than regular art prices in many, many cases. But like so you said, I think it does a disservice for like the New York Times or Bloomberg or L.A. Times to come in and write stories about NFTs selling for millions and millions of dollars. Because for most people in the population, they're like they're grossed out by it. And it's like, yeah. no, 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 just go there and look at the art. These are wonderful creators creating wonderful things at highly affordable prices compared to the world of, of regular art, you know, but you talk about, uh, social media and the attention, the, the sort of diversification of attention yeah. that's happening in media right now, which is what, you know, every streamer, every movie creator, every studio has to contend with and think about. But even those sites are driven by their top creators. There's a reason why there was a TikTok house where, you know, where the, the yeah. top TikTok creators all live together, 19 of them. Their whole job is to push content out. And in turn, they get a house to live in. And TikTok's going to drive their algorithm to that content right. that they've exactly. already basically paid for. And if those guys decide to walk and monetize for themselves, then what would what reason would there be to go to the platform? Right. There you know, if, if you're if, getting if, the content. Yeah. If the top creators leave any platform, and there's, like I said, such a relative small handful on each given platform. If they just walk and monetize themselves and they will figure it out in the fifth wave, mm -hmm. the platforms are sort of rendered um, useless with maybe the exception of Facebook, which was never based on celebrity, and Twitter, which is based on fighting people you don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so we'll, right. all, we'll always want to do that no matter who's who's on there to to fight with you know I've, right. I've known people that got on Twitter and fought with a robot and they didn't know it was a bot <laughs> they didn't know it was a robot they thought it was somebody real it was like getting yeah. an argument then all of a sudden it's like wait a second I was typing this guy and he called me the n-word and I'm white <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> <laughs> that must be a robot yeah, the robot learned yeah. to insult me yeah the Fucking, wrong insult. Yeah. Yeah. The wrong insult. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's that's a fascinating thing that's that's coming around the corner. Um, and then so 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 what's the opposition going to do? Right. Fifth wave's coming. It's sort of the natural conclusion of things. How will the AMC, which we talked about a minute ago, fight back? How will Netflix maintain its dominance? It has about 50 percent market share right now in the streaming world. Um with with Hulu and Amazon right on its tail. Of course, with Amazon, Disney. their trick is is they add every Prime user as a watcher, and that's not true. You could have Prime and never watch their channel. And never watch their video, right? Yeah. yeah. So their number, their being second place, I think is a fake second place. I really think Hulu is second place. You think Hulu or Disney? Well, Disney's fourth place. Like they're they're kind of far behind Hulu. Okay. But they have a partnership with Hulu as well. So it's That's it's we'll see how ESPN long it, plus. right yeah. we'll see we'll see how long it lasts but I just don't think Amazon's is a true number two because you know it's it, they're counting yeah. prime users but anyway right. I think the way they use it I think the weapon they have is great content in IP mm -hmm. and I know you've talked about this a lot we both talked yeah. about this at Nizem that's going to be their weapon their weapon is you know what um, everybody's attention is going everywhere but what we're going to do is we're going to own IP. And our IP is going to be incredible. It's going to be, and we talked about moats a lot, a business moat. Um, it's going to create such a deep and wide moat between us and the everyday creator, the amateur creator, if you will, that that will be our lane, right? And we'll just mm -hmm. be in, so AMC will be in the lane going forward of just being a distribution, a controlled distribution point for only the largest films made by studios. So yeah. films that cost hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars in budget or have some sort of, I forget it, not even cultural significance. I think that's going to be their lane in the next 20, 20 years. Yeah. And then Netflix is going to say, hey, we own these shows, this content. 
we're willing to go into debt for it because that's going to be our, our shield in our mm-hmm. armor for the fifth wave that's coming. And then, you know, Amazon doing the same thing, kind of buying up James Bond and, and she, buying up IMDb Pro. So they kind of own the database of the movie it's, watcher, which I find is mess. I find that so interesting. Like how's, how do even reviews work anymore? If Amazon oh, is man, in the nah. movie business, right. But owns the, the movie people reviews. who review it. Right. Or, or everybody. Or not even the people. It just owns the infrastructure. So they it can owns just, the infrastructure, yeah. just hit the button. Right. Just, just yeah. make, there's a button that makes it five stars. It's just Amazon by default. All their films yeah. are four or five stars. And, they, so, and how, and how yeah. long before they pull a Jack Dorsey and, and like suppress certain reviewers? Right. Like, oh, I mean, they, who, who's saying that they might be doing, doing it now? now? Exactly. Yeah. It's mass appeal. I mean, that's just the only way that you can compete even today with, you know, folks on YouTube. Right. How do you because that content is now. So how are they competing with that? They're competing it with major IP. You know, the fact that, you know, we're bringing back masters of the universe. He-Man. Right. Right. Like, I mean, we're, we're digging in, man. Like they're going to these this huge IP for folks like us who grew up with that stuff. where they're going to want to pass it down to our kids. Like we're going to get involved in it. That's the game of the major players. Do you think the twist in Masters of the Universe is going to be that he turns from He-Man into Adam now? <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect for right. He's always right? He-Man. Or he's always right. he's He-Man. Always, he's, then, he's then he's like, wait, I got to sneak. And I got to go be Adam now. Right. No, no, not sneak. He's got he's to he's go out like he's got to be woke. Like he has to like, he has to go I, like, I uh, he has to I go to like, uh, he has to go to a, a dinner party. So he, he, then he says, you know, he says his little phrase and then, uh, and then he turns what, into Adam. I, I, I don't have the power. I don't. <laughs> no, I, no, he still has the power, but now, it, but the now power is turned the into power is Adam. Guy. You got it. Adam I is see. the power in today's society. <laughs> he man is like that's so no, forty dude, years ago. Yeah, we had, there's a whole that's a whole other thing because I can imagine based <laughs> on what you're saying is that the He Man character is animated. Yeah, but Adam is not. Oh yeah, right. That would be crazy. And he's like stepping into the real world where people are like He Man. Like mm-hmm. what is that? We mean He Man. Like that's that's so not 2021. Right. Yeah. Like that's that's not cool, man. You know, the machismo. Yeah. We see you with your chest out, bro. Like, you know, put some clothes on. <laughs> that's not cool. <laughs> There's a superhero named Black Adam, right? Yes, there is. Yeah. That always confused me, too, because you go to in the South, you go to a black church and Jesus is black. But Adam would be yeah. white. You'd be like, no, no. Yeah, look, look, I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you. It makes it black, all up. Black, yeah, black Adam. Adam's always been. <laughs> right. That's, a, that's an oxymoron. <laughs> black Adam. <laughs> black Jesus made yeah, Black exactly. Adam. Exactly. Yeah, I hear you. You're being ridiculous right now, just so you know. What, who, who was the first <laughs> big female rapper of the 21st century? Oh, I don't know. Eve. Eve. Look at you. It's black Adam. And Eve. Eve. <laughs> Just saying. Right, right. Anyway, but yes, I digress. I, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, so so with, with Amazon again, yeah, who knows? You know, they're going to, it's this idea of controlling, you know, we talked about it before. You, you control the infrastructure, right? You control it from the beginning to the end. And that is, you know, it, it's, it's all powerful, you know, and, yeah. and who knows how that's. But again, it's all powerful around that major IP, that major content, the mass appeal, where I think, you know, like you said, if we move into the fifth wave, it's all about individuals having a platform. Right. So you can still get out there to that platform, but you'll always be sucked back in to the mass appeal. Right. Because no individual is going to do Avengers the way that, you know, Disney's going to do Avengers. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to have the capital behind them to do it. So you'll always come back to that. But there will be opportunities in the future, I think. And maybe they're maybe we're, they're pushing us there. So let's talk about that. Like Amazon bought this, you know, bought MGM, bought Bond. Disney has, you know, Avengers and Star Wars. And I hear a lot of independent filmmakers and individuals just talking about like, I guess you could say talking out of both sides of their mouth, mm-hmm. where it's like, Talking they the love lab. those movies. Yeah, they're, but they're love. Hey, there you go. Flip it up. They're talking like they love those movies because they're phenomenal. Yeah. You know, they're 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 just the resources put into them and what you get out is is phenomenal. But they're tired of it. Yeah. Right. 
yeah, yeah. So it's like it's true. Know, it's so true. Yeah, exactly. So they're doubling down on that stuff that people love, and they're going to watch it, but they're tired of it. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like all these major conglomerates are pushing people into the fifth wave. Like, yes, I'm going to watch that. But what I really want is stuff that's meaningful to me or is created by the quote unquote little guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm tired of tentpole stuff, man. I want to see something different. I want to see something new. I want to support that TikTok artist. Right. Like I'm going to go to her channel on whatever thing that she created because that's real. And that's not because honestly, like. I think people love to see this whole fight. It's like the, you know, Elon Musk and Gates and, you know, it's like you see all this stuff like, oh, who's the, the, the richest billionaire now? You know, people love to see that. But then they get tired of it. Like, man, I don't even deal with those circles. I don't live in that life. Yeah. I don't want to hear about who's the rich. So Amazon buying this, you know what? That's reason for me to go do something else because yeah. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the big companies, the big conglomerates owning everything, all my data, 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 however you roll, you know, and it's exactly. So it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. So I think, yeah, you're right. I think that's where I feel like all that's happened recently is really creating that opportunity. Like that's the groundswell underneath that's going to build this wave where it's like, I'm tired of them. I'm tired of all these big conglomerates buying up everything and dictating my content. You know, let's do something different. Yeah, and it also has to do with viewing patterns that, that, that have been sort of unveiled through data yeah. and through big data. So what's the reason why uh, scripted TV is dominating, dominating again is because people like to binge things. Yeah. If you look yeah. at TikTok, the reason why it exploded and did so well and even its predecessor Snapchat did so well, well, its actual predecessor was Musical.ly, but I mean the last social media network to, to catch fire before it was Snapchat. It's because those were bingeable pieces of content. It's almost yeah. like watching a micro show, which is why Quibi should have won, but they, <laughs> but they didn't. They messed up. Uh, they right? did get bought, uh, but, yeah. but, um, or the content did, but, but that's what TikTok is. It's really in, in Snapchat and now with the reels with Instagram and the way Instagram works it's so fast to get into the next piece. The next thing. And, yep. Right. And the reason why is because we like to binge things. Yep. Uh, we want to watch That's the new office. Thing. We want to watch Shit's Creek. We want to watch these shows. We want to watch Cobra Kai. We want to watch these things and binge them over and over and over again. So how do we make a show out of James Bond? How do we make a show out of, out of Star Wars? How do we make a show out of the Avengers? All of those yeah. things have come to fruition because That's right. people want to binge the thing they like over and over again. And it, it does it does make me think, and we can we can sort of wrap on on, on these points. What advice should we be giving? And, and, and maybe advice is too strong of a word. But what, would, what should we be saying to independent filmmakers that are looking to sort of be ahead of the puck, which is likely why they're listening to this podcast? <laughs> right. um, do, do they should they go to like a Gravitas or go to one of these independent, uh, you know, indie rights types of distributors um, where the business isn't about them? as filmmakers at all. Like they filmmakers, we want it to be about us. Like this is the best thing I ever made. This is my Magnus opus or this is a great thing I did. And now I'm going to distribute it. Um, and, and then they get to that company and that company buys it, buys it quote unquote, because that's not really what they're doing, but they end up owning the rights but they don't make it about you. They, their, their model is aggregation. Their model is, is selling a slate to some streamer. And, you know, the word you used earlier was vertical was, was owning all the infrastructure. So to me, I hear, I hear vertical integration. And so if I'm a, if I'm a, a paid creator on TikTok, where I'm really driving viewership to TikTok or Instagram or YouTube, I'll probably have the money to start thinking about what it would take to vertically integrate my own content. Meaning I own every point of the creation and distribution of, of my own content. So I don't need a distrib- a controlled distribution right. point like YouTube anymore to, to monetize for me and send me a check. Um, or is the distribution model for, you know, still viable? Should, should, indie 
is the movie format going to change? Should indie creators start making a new thing that we don't have a name for yet, but will later be considered a movie? Yeah. Or like you said, like, you know, what's hot now, right? Yeah. And, and where can indie filmmakers really get in? I mean, yeah. I think it's a, it's a big, it's a big question. I think, you know, is it streaming um, series, right? So is that where filmmakers should go? Cause like you said, that's a, that's a big thing right now. Right. And, and, and the market's content. insatiable. It's insatiable. They can't exactly get content. Yeah, it's good. It has to be good. Right. Yeah. It is a bingeable content, right? Yeah. It keeps people coming back for more. So that's, that's one angle that I think indie filmmakers should really, I think we mentioned this before as well. Like you should really consider it. Like, should your next thing be a feature film? Right. Yeah. Are you, is that where you should be? Or should you, is your next thing, the thing that people really want, which is a limited series mm -hmm. per se. Right. Um, but the other part is, is that like, when you look at the major companies, I'm a major IP, like they're not looking for you. Right. So we right. talk about these other smaller distributors, uh, you know, what are they looking for? They're not looking for you either. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad. Like we, you know, we hate to say it, right. It's like, we, yeah. our, our job is to speak truth. So the truth of the matter is, is that it's your content that they want. Yeah. So what is it about your content? One, it could be that you made it, that it exists. Because if I put your film in a slate with 5,000 other films and each of them makes a dollar a day, right? You as the filmmaker making a dollar a day over a year, that's $365 if you make that. Right. And that's not going to pay back your film. But at 5,000 films with a distributor making a dollar a day, they're making $5,000 a day, mm -hmm. right? That's significant to that distributor. It isn't about you. It's about you being one addition to that 5,000. Now you're 5,001, 5,002. It could be that you were so fortunate as to get, I won't even call it a named star. It could be this, the sister of a star. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. you got that in your film and the distributors buying that film because buying your film creates a relationship with the family of the star. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the value is real. Right. And it's there. And that's why they bought your film. Right. Or decided right. to at least take it on if they if you got one of those, you know, right. distribution deals. Buying on, the possibility, buying on the possibility of profit. But on the certainty of value. Exactly. Right. There's value in that because in the future, again, I've, I bought the relationship. That's what they bought. They bought a relationship. So when I look at this again, like with this, if you call it, it's not even the next wave of things. It's like, well, where does the independent filmmaker fit in all of this? Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those things that came to me. It's like, well, stop an idea, right? So I'm not going to, it's not a, it's not an edict or a mandate. I'm just saying an idea is stop thinking about yourself and your value and what you've done and what it's taken you X number of years to do as the center of it all. You need to think about what value you're offering to the person who will, or the company that will acquire your product, mm -hmm. right? So again, it could be that the people acquiring your product, they do horror. They do socially significant films. They're looking to step up their game, right? By having an attachment that is significant in the industry, yeah. right? So like these are all those things that you plug in and figure out how, how does your thing add value to the person who's going to acquire? Not how does how do you as a filmmaker speak your truth to the world and let them all know. Not if you're trying to make money. If you, if you just want to speak <laughs> truth to the world, by all means, do whatever you want to do. Right? You can anything you want to do. Put it out on YouTube. Let people see it. Put it out on Vimeo if you want to be specific to film. Do that. But if you're trying to make money, it is not about you. It's about the value that you provide to the organizations, the companies that will seek to acquire your product. And I think with that kind of focus, it's a game, to me, it's a game changer. But right. I think it, it's a difficult one because like you said, filmmakers want it to be all about them when it's really the business of film isn't really all about you. Right, because on the content creation side, they just can't get enough. 
Yeah. Uh, there seems to be a race that's happening to get content made and pushed out to the places, but they're also not going to make a foolish decision and buy something that doesn't have long-term value that's going yeah. to buffer them. Because again, and, and this would be a good place for me to sort of end my thoughts on this is I, I do think that we're being pushed to that wave, like you said, Nick. Yep. And there's not going to be a resistance to that part. They just want to make sure, and when I say they, I'm talking about the theaters, AMC, Cinemark, everybody, um, Regal, uh, Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, Apple, uh, you name it, Roku. What they want to do is they want to make sure that when that fifth wave comes, they're well buffered against it. Yeah, they have their lane. It's built out. They've got a big right. moat around them. You can't attack them easily, and you can do that through contracts and through own ownership of value through through IP. So IP. I guess um, if we were going to give a little advice, we'd say make your thing. Don't look for a star. Look for someone who has value and brings value to. Uh, your content in in a multitude or a variety of ways, both in their performance, their name value, who they're connected to, where they sit in the zeitgeist, what is their conversion rate on their followers that they have, and then of course, the story you write or have or you're directing has to be absolutely killer because story is king. So, Nick, yeah, and I'll just I'll jump in there and just offer that yeah, when you do close all that, here. yeah, when you do all that. What you're trying to do is create value for a buyer. So all of what you just said is spot on. And I would just say that there's one thing that precedes that, which is identify your buyer. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you're going to want no, your buyer. You, yep. Exactly. Because there's hundreds, if not thousands of potential buyers out there. So if you know, if you've keyed in on your buyer and what they need, what they want, then you can create a product that fits that buyer. Right. Don't pitch your rom-com to Blumhouse. <laughs> so, you know, like, like that's it, right? That's, that's what you're talking about. If you're just making, if you're making content and you don't have a, a buyer in mind, that's where your problem is. People make, filmmakers try to make content for an audience that they don't have access to. Yep. The buyer has access to the audience. So you're selling not to the audience, but to the buyer first, unless you're in the fifth wave yep. where you own your own vertical. So, right. Including the audience. There you go. There you go. Nick, this has been a blast. Yeah, man. As always, dude, this is yeah, wonderful. I Love doing can, it. I, can I see your glass? How yeah, much man. You, what kind of dent have you put in that? It was, it, how, how much have I imbibed? Right. I think I'm about not, not too through. much. You're a little bit below the bonsai creative. Um, I, I guess I, my cube has melted a little bit. I've actually probably drank more than this looks like. I don't have an uh -huh. ice cube anymore where I had one of those big squares in there. So we made it to the end. I'm not yep. slurring my words. At least you never know when you are. Somebody <laughs> always tell you, you know, you were slurring last night. What? You're right. Like, what? Uh, but right. I can tell you, you're, you sound great. Awesome. I hope I'm sounding great. We made it to the end. Thank you. And for those listening, thank you for hanging in with us again. We're so glad and happy to do yep. this. It, um, and we hope it brings you a lot of value. You can get even more value by reaching out to us at contact at bonsai.film. Send your comments and questions to us there. You can engage with us on social media at underscore bonsai creative, both on Instagram and on Twitter. You can get in touch with me directly on Twitter at flame in your heart. Uh, that's F A. Nope. Yeah. It's F L A M E. <laughs> I am your words, bro. You are H E A R T. That's flaming your heart. I'll get to you on Twitter. You can reach out to Nick and engage with him at Nick at bonsai.film. Just email him. He'll hit you up. Yeah. He'll write you back. For sure. So questions, comments there. And then, of course, if you want to get a whole ton of value, insights, education, uh, so and so much more, uh, our website, www.bonsai.film. Again, that's www.bonsai.film. You can also be one of our true fans there. Uh, that starts at just $5 a month. Man, that's that's nothing for yeah 
for this content. I think that's an easy, that's a, that's a close win right there to me. I mean, that's, what is that? A, a blonde less than a cup Starbucks? of coffee, man. Yeah, yeah. Less than a cup of coffee, bro. Yeah. So go there, be a true fan, support this. If you love it, $5 a month is where it starts and just click on the tab true fans on our website, www.banzai.film. Nick, with that, can you leave us with the credo? Oh, of course. Be better, be creative, and be engaged. And thank you for listening. Talk to you next yes, time. Sir. Nick? Yeah, man. Peace. Later, dude. Later. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find out more information about this week's topics, including links to relevant blog posts, projects, and indie creatives, please visit our website at www.banzai.film. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative and the show will pop right up. You now have the opportunity to support the production of this podcast. If you love Make It and are a true fan of what we're trying to accomplish in the indie film community, please visit www.bonsai.film and click Contribute contributions start at only five dollars monthly you can follow us on instagram and twitter at underscore bonsai creative and on facebook by searching for bonsai creative you can provide feedback to us via email at contact at bonsai.film and you can follow me chris on twitter at flaming your heart that's f-l-a-m-e-i-n-u-r-h-e-a-r-t and of course if you're looking to take a big step towards your filmmaking success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on services to explore a variety of offerings from keynotes and panels to pitch readiness assessments and so much more. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.